From the Ohio News Network, this is the ONN Daily Podcast. It is Friday, November 13th, 2020. From the Ohio News Network, I'm Daniel Barnett. As health officials warn, slowing the spread of COVID-19 is the only way to avoid another shutdown. Ohio's single-day case numbers jumped by nearly 15% between yesterday and today. The Ohio Department of Health reported that 8,071 cases were tallied in the previous 24 hours, breaking the new record high of 7,100 cases that was set just yesterday. The 298 hospitalizations and 42 deaths reported today are also well above the three-week average. In just the past week, Ohio set records for new cases that surpassed 4,000, 5,000, 6,000, and then 7,000 cases. Governor Mike DeWine warned earlier this week the state would impose new health orders if spread of the virus continued. With three-quarters of Ohio's 88 counties now at a level three or red on the public health alert system, Governor DeWine implored Ohioans yesterday to take the steps now to avoid another shutdown, while also giving a new insight at when a vaccine could be widely available in the Buckeye State. More from Kevin Landers. The governor told us that Ohio could receive 30,000 vials of the vaccine as early as December. Now, considering we're a state of 11.7 million, that's really not a lot. Those doses will first be given to first responders and others on the front lines. Plus, they'll need two doses. So we're really talking about a vaccine for 15,000 people. Now, the governor said he's hoping everyone who wants a shot will hopefully get one by April, although it could be sooner. I asked the governor with record numbers of cases and hospitals seeing their bed space reduced by increasing numbers of COVID patients, why not issue another stay-at-home order? He says he's concerned about the human toll it will take, and for now he says it's not an option. It's not a never, but this is within our control. We don't have to let it get that bad. We don't have to let it get to the point where our hospitals are stacked up. We don't have to get let to get to the point where hospitals can't do other types of surgeries. These are things we can avoid. We have it within our power to do. And I think we need to try that before we get to the absolute drastic uh, nuclear bomb of shutting down again. From the State House, Kevin Landers. The pandemic is putting a lot of stress on health care workers and among other concerns, the president of the Ohio State Nursing Association says the constant reusing of N95 masks is worrisome. Andrew Kinsey reports. So you may remember when this pandemic first started, Battelle invented uh, a system that can decontaminate thousands of masks at once so they can be reused. But nurses say they've received masks back with broken elastic straps on them and also some seals around the face no longer provide protection. Sometimes there is oil on the inside of the mask where it's rested against somebody's nose or some makeup around the rim of the mask. Battelle told us that hospitals are supposed to be throwing away any masks that are obviously dirty or damaged. I'm Andrew Kinsey. Initial claims for unemployment compensation continue to rise. ONN's Dave James has the details. The Ohio Department of Job and Family Services says just under 22,000 Ohioans filed new claims for unemployment last week, about 600 more than the previous week, or up about 3%. But it's also about 20% higher than signups that were happening in October. The state says another 260,000 Ohioans filed continuing unemployment claims last week. Dave James, ONN News. Kentucky state officials say an estimated 200,000 motorists per day in the greater Cincinnati area should prepare for long lines of traffic for the time being. ONN's Steve Vaughn has more. 
The Brent Spence Bridge, where I-75 and I-71 converge over the Ohio River, will be closed over an extended period of time. We are looking at weeks, perhaps more than a month. We are uncertain yet at this time. It's not fully clear. Transportation Secretary Jim Gray says engineers have been checking the bridge for structural damage after two trucks collided, causing a massive fire that took several hours to extinguish. Steve Vaughn, ONN. Authorities have placed a sheriff's deputy in Northeast Ohio on paid administrative leave during an investigation after they say the deputy shot and killed an armed suspect. Here's Angela Ann. Ashtabula County Sheriff William Johnson says the deputy responded Tuesday night to a report south of Ashtabula of a man with a gun threatening to harm himself and shoot at police. The sheriff says the man had been drinking and refused to put down the shotgun. The sheriff says the deputy shot the man twice after he refused to put down the weapon and pointed it at the deputy. The man later died at a hospital in Cleveland. Angela Ann, ONN News. Two years ago, Hazing killed her son. Now, a suburban Columbus mother is hoping to reach other parents through a TEDx Dayton event. Yolanda Harris has more with Kathleen Wyant. 18-year-old Colin Wyant died after collapsing on the floor at an Ohio University fraternity house. Since then, his mother has been on a mission to start conversations about hazing, what it looks like, and why it's a problem. We have this idea that, well, I could never be hazed. I'm not that kind of kid. And really, anyone can fall into this, and this is why. Because when it starts, you don't even know it's happening. She filmed this local independent TED Talk back in October, and it aired live online in honor of the second anniversary of his death. I'm Yolanda Harris. TEDx Dayton plans to release Kathleen Wine's talk online within the next several months. The Ohio State Buckeyes are not playing football this weekend, and according to head coach Ryan Day, they're already turning their focus to next weekend's game against Indiana. More from Dave Holmes. The Buckeyes have to move past Maryland and prepare for what could be the most difficult game of the season. Yes, the Indiana Hoosiers just might be the second best team in the Big Ten. The Hoosiers are 3-0, ranked 10th in the nation, so the Buckeyes will gladly take a couple extra days to prepare. I just told everybody, we're done with Maryland. And the coach was kind of looking at you like, okay, so what are we doing, coach? So we just kind of went out there, had a good practice, and we were just working on fundamentals, base plays against base defenses. And then and then all of our attention last night and today went to Indiana. I'm Dave Holmes. And pharmaceutical company Pfizer said its COVID-19 vaccine is more than 90% effective, and Moderna's vaccine is under review for its effectiveness. But how effective does a vaccine need to be for it to be approved for use? Tracy Townsend explains. Dr. Linda Naba, an infectious disease specialist, starts us off with an important disclaimer. I think the first thing to think about is efficacy versus effectiveness. So in these trials, we, we use terms like vaccine efficacy, but when it gets out in the real world, this vaccine, we're going to talk about its vaccine effectiveness. The FDA says a vaccine should be at least 50% more effective for those who took it versus those who took a placebo. And it's not unusual for a vaccine to be approved without being 100% effective. I'm Tracy Townsend. Special thanks to affiliate station WBNS-TV in Columbus for their contributions to today's newscast. I'm Daniel Barnett on the Ohio News Network. This has been the ONN Daily Podcast, a production of Radio Ohio Incorporated on the Ohio News Network.